If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where we keep you motivated, inspired, and thinking big. Up-leveling into quantum revenue is a choice that we can all make in any moment and then continue to make that choice to stay in that space each day. On this podcast, Ursula will share revenue growth strategies to reach your next level and introduce you to CEOs just like you who are making it happen. What's your next quantum leap going to be? See it, own it, and take that first step. If this is you, then Ursula wants to invite you to join us at the next 2X Intensive now. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. You're listening to Quantum Revenue Expansion with your host, Ursula Menchez. Let's go. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Quantum Revenue Expansion the podcast. So excited to have you with us today. And I know you're going to love, love, love our time together because we're going to, we're going to bring some hope to all of you today. And I have an incredible, incredible guest, Meredith Bagwell, who is going to be sharing total college prep, helping students get accepted, not rejected to their dream school. Meredith, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. I'm excited. And I was sharing with Meredith, this is also selfish for me. I have an eight-year-old and I know like I'm a planner. So this does weigh on my heart <laughs> now. And it is something that Luca talks about. He's already talked about some of the top schools and like, I don't even know. I think he hears these things on the Disney channel. I don't even know. So we'll see how this plays out. So I have lots of questions for you today. And of course, we're going to talk about your business as well. Before we do that, for our listeners all over the world, I just want to say thanks for hanging out. I, I see I see the downloads and I think, I think of every one of you and I just wonder who is the soul in India or Canada or Australia or New Zealand. So lots of love to all of you. Thanks for hanging out. And, you know, our intention is to continue to bring hope and inspiration and motivation during this still very interesting time in the world. So keep hanging out with us here. If you haven't yet, go to UrsulaInc.co and you can grab Quantum Revenue Expansion, the masterclass, which pairs well with the podcast. And the masterclass does three things shows you how to create a quantum revenue container, which simply means how to create a plan to 2X or 10X your monthly revenue. 
We also talk about how to up-level your pricing, your packages, and your marketing to get there. And then we dive into how to collapse time and reach your goals even faster. So if you haven't done it yet, go grab it. It's there. It's waiting for you. And finally, if you haven't hung out with us at the 2X Intensive, come and play with us. For being a listener, you get a super special prize. I can't tell you what it is. You got to reach out. So you can go to ursulainc.co forward slash apply. Send us your information. We'll get you all the details. There's no obligation. It's just an opportunity to send you more info. Okay, with that, let me tell you about Meredith. She is the owner of Total College Prep LLC. Meredith has 28 years experience in education and provides services in the DFW, which is Dallas-Fort Worth in the U.S. for our international listeners and across the country. Total College Prep LLC offers a comprehensive program that enables students to improve test scores, navigate college admissions, and understand their merit-based scholarships and scholarship goals. The PSAT, SAT, ACT test prep program is offered live in person or online and on demand. The college admissions program assists students with college selections, applications, essays, resumes, recommendations, and paying for college. All those things that stress us out as parents. (laughs) Additionally, Told College Prep LLC partners with A-List Education to to provide ACT and SAT professional development, in-person and online options available as well, classroom instruction and content licensing to schools, organizations, and education-focused nonprofits across the country. In other words, they do a lot of things to ensure that students find their way in this, what can be a very stressful and confusing journey. So with that, Meredith, let's dive in. You're a teacher. You're also a mom, a beautiful mom, you have a beautiful family. So tell us about your journey. What inspired you to create Total College Prep? So initially, I was a teacher in the classroom, right? I was working um, elementary, middle school, high school teaching. And um, about 1997, I decided, as a lot of teachers do, I need a little something on the side, right? I need a side job. I started um, coaching SAT, ACT for another test prep company. And uh, basically, by about 1999, I started getting my own clients. People started contacting me. I started doing it on my own. I left that company and have been teaching ACT and SAT prep ever since that time. In about 2014, I made a decision. I was going to leave the classroom and I had been teaching ACT, SAT prep since this time had kids who were on a wait list. I wanted to increase that, um, my, the money that I was bringing home. So I left teaching full-time and turn that part-time business into a full-time business. And so we have been doing that. And then along the way, um, I started teaching it on my own. And then we kept adding more staff and adding more teachers, connecting with people all across the United States, admissions counselors, and working with their students. So in DFW, and now we're across the country working with students everywhere. Yeah, and continue to grow. In fact, today, tell us what's happening today. Yeah, so today, really right after this, we're moving into our next space, our next larger space here in one of our locations. And we have another location planned to start and um, next month. So we now have uh, five different locations and we're going to add a sixth one. And so those are physical locations. And like I said, we work with people all over the country by zoom one-on-one and um, do a great job with that. Yeah. So you're in the middle of this explosive growth. Congratulations on your up level and just all of the things. And it's just a testament to obviously, you know what you're doing. A couple of things. 
you know, I've met a lot of teachers who are successful business owners. Like there seems to be a trend there or a thing there, right? What makes teachers so successful at business? Well, you're man. First of all, you're managing sometimes maybe 30 kids in a classroom, you're managing 180 people, right? If you have students coming in and out, um, highly got to be highly meticulous with paperwork, uh, tracking students, communicating with parents, communicating expectations. So you're already really in a management role. And I also think teachers are hungry to use those skill sets to make more because if you're in education, you're only capped at so much income each year. And so teachers are looking for a way, like, what can I do for um, more income? What can I do for better retirement? What can I do for better medical? And so they want to use those skill sets and take those out. Um, and, and, and so they're also used to training, right? So you're training, managing, um, communicating with your customers all day. So you've got that complete package together. So it's like very, like very similar skill set, right? It translates very yeah. well. The money is very different though. So let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you, yeah. I'm sure there was a time when your annual income became your monthly income. Like you've had many shifts there. So ha- have you had limiting beliefs about money or was that a, was that a big shift for you? Yeah, I absolutely have limiting beliefs. I think when you're a teacher, you're like, I'm just a teacher. I'm, I'm just a teacher that I'm never going to make over this certain amount. There's nothing I can do about it because the profession doesn't lend to it. I think all teachers feel that way, right? We all feel like it doesn't matter how hard we were, we're set by guidelines. And so I always believed that that would just be my salary. I always believed I'll never make, first it was, I'll never make $50,000 teaching, right? Because when I first started teaching, I made $18,000 a year. Wow. Um, and, and then it was going to make 50 and then I could see the cap out of people in my district. Nobody's making over 65,000. So it was like, I'm never going to make over 65. Never did I think like, Oh, you're going to make over a hundred thousand dollars or two or three. Just wasn't a possibility. Yeah. Wow. It's so incredible. So what do you know now? Like, what would you say to a business owner who's just starting out? Maybe they're a teacher. Maybe they came from, you know, an industry that just didn't pay a lot of money. What would you say? to them about, you know, what's possible and, and really, and I know this is true for you and about the impact that they can make. Well, I definitely, that belief, like we've talked about your yearly salary can become your monthly salary. You do have some kind of skill set of what you're doing um, in your trade that you can offer to people and they're willing to pay that price, right? It's that belief of like somebody will want my services, they will pay me for it and I will surpass that goal. It might take a little bit of time. Um, I might need to get other resources because I don't know them, right? There's a lot of resources I didn't know. I didn't have a sale. I didn't know how to do sales. I didn't know how to do, um, a, you know, a CRM, all the tracking, all those things but I had to be willing to accept the help to, to get there. Yeah. And to really, yeah. Be in the learning, which I think as teachers, we, you know, you know, like that's part of it. Like you have to, you have to spend time in the the next classroom to learn what you want to. Right. And you have to lean in on all the people, you know, I can't, you know, the number one reason my business is successful is because I leaned into all the past contacts I had in the district. Right. It was not, it was parents. I knew um, kids, their families, other teachers, you know, the flip side is now I get to employ a lot of those teachers Mm -hmm. that I get to work with. 
and they have a great side hustle with us. They get to come tutor, they're paid what they are deserved. And I feel like we're really helping their families too. So I'm able to give back, um, to a lot of people I know. Yeah. To a lot of the teachers and, and mm-hmm. you know, to, yeah. who, I mean, it is, that, that's a whole other conversation. I mean, I, I'm, I was just sharing with you with uh, Meredith before we jumped on just how grateful we are to Luca's teacher this year. And I, we always bring lots of gifts for her. And sometimes I think she's like, okay, already, like, I don't want to be the weird parent, but we're so grateful. And like today we just, you know, we brought her little flowers and cause it's his last day. I, I mean, I would love to write her checks. I really would, but I know that would be weird and we can't do that, but I just, I feel I'm just so grateful. And so for teachers to have other opportunities and for you to be able to impact that way, them that way is so incredible. And I know, you know, you're on a mission to, and you care so much about helping students and their parents navigate this, but really the students, right? Because at the end of the day, like, that's one of the things I've noticed in talking with you, which I, I really appreciate is like, like the parents need to take a little, like we need to sit down a little bit and listen to our kids, right? What's the path that they're navigating? What do they want to create? So tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about your services and how, how do you navigate that with, you know, the crazy parents and that might be me someday, right? Who you know, has this big dream for my child when I might not be hearing what he's saying. Yeah. And, and the great part of for us is we do the test prep with students and college and applications, but we also do regular secondary academic tutoring. So we get a lot of these kids in for, you know, math, chemistry, physics, uh, U.S. history. So the one thing I really, we talk a lot about parents is setting realistic expectations. A lot of parents come to us and they want their student to get, you know, they have them in a maybe advanced placement course. Well, they should have never maybe been in that course. They want them to go to an elite school and they don't really have the criteria to get in. And so they need to set realistic expectations. And so we're really firm with that with parents at the beginning. This is where your student's at. This is where we think we can get to. And these are realistic schools that I think they're going to be really happy at putting that pressure on a student. For example, like here in our home state, UT Austin. Well, the top 6% of kids in their high school can get into UT Austin. When a kid is coming to me and they're not anywhere close to that, I don't want to fill them with empty promises, right? I, I want to set expectations and show other amazing schools. I also want to show parents expectations of, hey, these are schools you can go to and get merit money at. And it's still amazing for the student. It doesn't have to be a flagship school in your state. There's just so many opportunities. Or your student may have dyslexia or a learning curve. These are schools that have amazing programs in their universities for dyslexia. Or your student may have a 504 plan, ADD, something else. How do I make sure that those plans get to the university so my student can still get uh, professor notes, extended time on test? So when they come to us, our end goal isn't just that test score. Our end goal is how can we help you maybe with that test score? How can we help you apply? How can you have amazing essays? And how can we find the best fit for you? Are you ready to finally let go of the limiting beliefs and blocks that are holding you back in your life, career, business, or relationships? I'm so excited to introduce you to Anna LaRai of Sparkles of Love. 
Anna Lurie is a life change agent who assists clients in remembering their own magnificence by bringing through the newest and highest energies, processes, and activation for you. Take the next step by downloading a free clearing meditation at sparklesoflove.love. Yeah. And that's key. The best fit for your students, not a name. We, we don't, we can't shop colleges just by name. The kid has to be successful there and happy. And some students want to go for major sports or a Greek system. Some students don't care about that. Right. And so it's getting down to that. And also the other point is getting down to what is their, um, passion? What do they love? Because if we go to school and we think we want to be an accountant and all of a sudden you've gotten through a year and you're like, I don't like that. What other family where, what other love do you have that we can transition that easily into another major, right? And make sure you can get into that, that university. Maybe it's marketing instead. Um, so we don't want to go in with just one option because 80% of students change their major in the first year. Wow. Really? Another another 50% of those kids will change again. So we want to find a family of, you know, career family that they can kind of transition around if one doesn't, those don't work out and we haven't wasted a year. So we're just so much more than test prep or tutoring. We're, we're really helping those kids. And and sometimes it's just not college, something else. It's a technical school. It's a trade or it's let's go to community college and branch up, you know, and, yeah. and make them successful. And we view them, we're kind of their one, we get, they get kind of get one shot with us to launch them into their career. And we don't want to mess that up for them. We want to help them get to that process in a logical way. Yeah. It's really life prep. That's what I love what you do. Like, and, and really helping people figure out and students figure out what they really want. I remember when I was going through that, it was so overwhelming so overwhelming. And it was really a mentor who encouraged me. I had applied to a lot of state schools. And then I applied to a private Lutheran school here in Minnesota, which I didn't even know was an option. Had the mentor not told me because there's a, like, my belief was I couldn't afford to go to a private school. And it turned out, I don't know if it's merit monies or what it, what it would have been called, or just the financial, like I got a lot of scholars. I got more scholarships at a private school than I did at a state school. And so it actually became more viable for me to go to Mm -hmm. St. Olaf, which is why I ended up picking it and ended up and it being great. Like she said, I think you'll, I think you'll really enjoy the school. And she was right. But if I wouldn't have had the mentor to point me in that direction, I wouldn't have known. Right. And, and families are something called the common data set where you can look up all the information about every school. Like what is the percentage of kids that graduate in four years, five years? What's the average class size? What's the crime rates on those, the assault rates on those campuses? What, you know, any statistic that you want to find out, it's really important to not just look at a name, look up what's beneath some of those names and make sure, you know, if there's a high assault rate for women on that campus, you might want to rethink that. Or if there is no Greek system and that's important to you, you need to know all these things. Right. Well, that's really good to know too. Hey CEOs, it's Ursula stopping by because I have a question for you. Are you ready to 2X your revenue, your monthly revenue, and shave 10 or more hours off your work week? If yes, you need to be at the next 2X intensive course. And 
by clicking on the link in the show notes, you can schedule a private session with me to talk about how the 2X Intensive will help you. So just fill out the application below and Trisha will schedule a conversation for us. One of our clients said that in the first 10 minutes of the private coaching call that you received before the 2X Intensive, she made more than paid for the class. Another client shaved off 21 hours per week for a total of 84 hours a month that she was able to put back into her calendar to work on her business. Another client just reported that he has taken 40 hours off his work week after taking the 2X intensive and has grown a multi-million dollar company. So if this is of interest to you, fill out the application below. That application will get to Trisha and Trisha will schedule a private 30 minute call for you and I to talk about how the 2X intensive can help you. Can't wait to see you there. Can't wait to connect soon. Well, I'm curious too, like you say, so like for more elite schools, like the top 6%, but how did, how does one, so if someone's in the top 6% in this school, which might be a prep school, a private prep academy or something kind of elite, is that the same as someone going to a public school who's in their top 6%? Are those two things weighted differently? I've always wondered that. Yeah. So it, that is different per state. So I'm not going to go out on a limb and tell okay. you every state. Like I'll tell you here in our home state of Texas, if you're in the top 6%, you're an automatic admit into the University of Texas. That does not mean you're automatically admitted to the business school or the engineering school. So you can still be in the top 6% and not get into, say, McCombs Business School at UT. Um, our other flagship schools like Texas A&M, top 10%, you're auto admit. But this is that you're hitting on a key point. Um, a lot of schools, just because you're in the top six or 10%, that's why um, your GPA, your essays, test scores become important because what you're saying is true. Maybe the top 10% at one school means a whole lot different than the top 10%. Right. So, you know, how do we really deal in it? like? who is our top 10%. That's why a lot of schools are still looking at test scores. Even if they say they're test optional, they're still really looking at those scores because they're trying to put those pieces together. Here's your essay, here's your grades, here's your test scores. You know, are they all fitting together? Yeah. Right. And so we're, we're coming with all those pieces where we want to help those kids with all those elements, because even from state to state, it's different. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, so our um, nephew, not our son, feels like another son. Um, mm-hmm. One of our nephews just graduated and he's going to University of Wisconsin Stout. So I was talking to a lot of his buddies like and friends at the graduation party and just asked them like, where are you going? And a lot of Minnesota students are going to Wisconsin schools because they're less expensive, which I thought was really interesting and just as good in terms of whatever they wanted to accomplish. And when you're, you have neighboring States, I don't remember what that's called, but you get the same like level of, like you pay the same tuition, right? As if you're in state, in state and out state tuition ends up being the same. So it was, it was fun. I asked a lot. I was asking them a lot of questions about just that, that whole process, but a lot of, a lot of kids are going across the border to go to Wisconsin. Yeah, some schools offer that. It's called merit money, right? Like we've got that with some of our neighboring states. I can't go in general, but like say some of our kids are going to go to Oklahoma University, OU. They'll say, if you have a certain GPA, a certain Tesco, maybe a 26, we're going to give you $4,000 a year. You get a 27 on an ACT, we're going to give you not 8,000. And those are not exacts. But point being is schools, those are called merit money, right? They give it to the students 
based on test scores and GPA. And, you know, they're trying to recruit other people in and other talent and things people can give to their universities. So the universities have the accolades too of, you know, the research and what's being done at their university. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to know. One of the things you mentioned was test optional. What does that mean? And what do we need to know about it? Yeah. So that's something that really came hot and heavy during COVID, right? Kids Kids couldn't get to testing centers. They didn't know what to do. So we lived in a little bit of this era where people would say something was test optional or test blind. Test blind is truly, they do not accept the test scores. We saw California do that, right? They're one of the few that went like as a whole blanket state that they did that. Um, A lot did it, but they went to test optional. Um, a lot of schools, but test optional does not mean test not recommended, right? So it's really tricky to parents. Um, and, and so they might admit your student without a test score. And if they do, then it kind of reverts back to, but you still need a test score to get merit money for that school with your GPA. So it's tricky. So say a university might have used to gotten 30,000 applications with test optional, all students now think they can come, so they might get 60,000 applications. That's more money generated for applications for the university. But they're still, say, only taking 5,000 kids. Whether you put in 30,000 applications or 60, they're still going to take 5,000. Mm-hmm. It helps the university because now they can claim they're even more selective than before. So in general, a university might say, oh, we have a 20% acceptance rate of all of our applications. Well, now with more applications, they might be able to say, we only accept 10% of our applications. And it makes them with all the stats look more selective to America. So it's not helping the students. And when you really look at the numbers they release of how many students they're taking with test scores and without, I think most people would be astounded to know that a majority of the kids they're taking are still sending in test scores. Why? Because most states are giving their kids at least one test a year during the school year. Right. Kids are back now taking tests. So if you don't send your test score, it just means I don't like my test score. I don't want to send it in. And I'm not saying in general, all kids should send test scores. Don't get me wrong. Like there's opportunities to send and not to send. Um, just like there's opportunities for free or to pay someone to help you with your test scores. But in general, test scores can help you get to the top of the application pile. They can help you with your merit money and they show you as an overall student who you are. Like my grades really do match where I'm at with this content level. And so be leery of the test optional. And and we don't just promote testing. Like I said, we do the applications, essays, all of that. But I still think they're very important um, for a majority of America. And lots of schools who took them away are now going back because they don't have a way to identify criteria. (laughs) Like you said, GPA is inflated too. We have a really big problem with GPA inflation. Why? Tell us about that. Um, You know, I'll give an example. Sometimes kids um, live in districts where they might've gotten a 60 or a 70 on a test. Well, in a public school system, I understand this. That's not mastery. As an educator, our goal is to teach mastery to a student. So if a student hasn't passed an uh, an exam, let's bring them back in. Let's tutor. Let's 
teach them the content they don't know, and they allow them to retest again. So maybe they got a 60 the first time, and now the second time they got an 80 on the test. Well, that increases their GPA. But what about a district who doesn't allow a student to come in and reteach? And, and I really do like that a public school allows a student a second chance because their goal as a teacher is for a student to master the information. So if it takes twice to master it, it's right. twice. But some of my kids have that opportunity and some don't. So that's a problem. What about some districts who offer students advanced placement courses, AP courses, and they're worth a six point, not a four point scale, it's a six point scale. But then I have districts who don't offer the AP. Some kids have access to dual credit college classes at the same time as high school. Some kids don't. And so we have this real thing. And then, of course, kids can't fail. There's not just, there's, we don't want to fail them. Right. We want them to pass and move on. So teachers feel a little bit of pressure to make sure a kid passes, right? And so I think we see a lot with grade inflation, but people maybe your and I's age don't know that because we assume a 3.7 is a great GPA because when we went to high school, it was only out of four point. So 3.7 sounded great, but anymore, I have kids with 3.7 GPAs and they're like the 50th percentile of their class because kids have 4.2, 4.4s. And so that's hard to explain to parents too about that, um, the, the GPAs that are higher now. Yeah. And why are the GPAs higher? Because they get access to taking advanced placement courses, okay, which are worth six points or five in some districts. I got you. And dual credit classes between college and high school are often worth five points instead of four. Or some schools have a pre-AP class and it might be worth five points and a regular on-level class is only four. So lots of different options for kids, right? Can you imagine how stressed out these kids are there, right? With all these options sometimes? Right. No. Yeah. I'm (laughs) glad we didn't have that. That would have like driven me crazy. So, okay. A couple more questions. I know we're almost out of time, but the two, I have two questions I want to ask you about the college space. If, if you were um, sitting in the white house right now (laughs) or in Congress or somewhere, what, what would you, what kind of reform would you push for? Like, I'm totally putting you on the spot for our listeners everywhere. Didn't let Meredith know I was going to ask this question because it literally just came into my head. And I'm super curious about what would you say? Like, what's the number one thing you would change? So reform for college or high school? Yeah, just the whole process or like what kids are going through, or it could be anything. Like what? I I think the hardest thing for me, the reform that I uh, would like to see first starting in high school is the amount of pressure we're putting on kids to take collegiate level classes in high school, right? So there's this push, like if you're taking a class that's on level, there's something wrong with you. That's what we're making people feel like. Why can't you take an advanced placement course? Why can't you take a college level course, right? So we're pushing, we got 14 and 15 year olds taking college classes in high school, right? And are they really ready to do that? Is that really what we want? Because parents are so afraid if we, they don't, they won't get the GPA to be in the top 10% of their class to get into elite schools. And so kids can't be kids, right? They, they just really can't. I see kids at school from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. They're taking their classes, they're playing a sport or activity, and that sport or activity wants them to be there as much as the school day. 
So we are having our kids live by schedules that I don't think most adults could do day in and day out. Yeah. 11, 12 hour days. And then we end up having them in our office for tutoring because they don't know how to do a college level course at 15 or 16. Well, of course they don't. Right. Right. So that's the one thing I would love to not have this push. Yeah. To be be kids, let them be kids. Don't let them do call. I mean, let them do college when they get to college, but why are we forcing them? You know, I want them to be able to go to high school and take a lot of different classes to figure out what do I like and not like, so I don't have to wait to get to college to figure out some of that. Yeah. So they don't have an opportunity um, to do that. And I think some reform on um, college, uh, you know, that space really has gotten so competitive. I, I don't know what that reform would look like, but some of the schools that used to be so easy for a majority of parents today to get into are now little mini Ivy League schools, right? I went to Ohio State. A lot of people went to UT, University of Michigan. You know, you basically signed your name on some papers and they let you come. Well, that's not the case anymore. We have kids who are extremely bright. I have, you know, some kids who are National Merit Scholars who aren't getting into flagship schools. They're getting waitlisted. That's odd to me, right? You know, I, I wish there was a little bit a quality of not having to be a top 6% kid to get into a state school. Right. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I want to go back to what you said about taking college classes. So I had an opportunity to do that in high school and I didn't, and I'm so glad I didn't because I, I just had the wear, like I was already a too mature for my age, but having fun. Right. And I thought, I don't want to miss out on my high school experience. And so I didn't, and neither did like a couple of, like, I think maybe one of our friends did. And I felt like he missed out on a lot of the connection and the time in high school where we were just, just being kids. Do you remember anybody in high school being so competitive over who was the top 10%? No, maybe one through 20, like, oh, I'm number one through 20. It is a small class. Oh, no. Never like, oh, who's the top 10%? Who's the top 15? Who's the top 20? There's so much anxiety over that. And they know they can only do that if they take these classes. So they don't really want to. They're just doing it to do it. Right. And so. And then I, this gender, I think we're tra- trapped. The parents are trapped because they're being told this and they don't know how to stop this, the wheel of the next level. Yeah. It's much like competitive sports. Like where does it end? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're starting to see it a little bit. Luca's playing traveling baseball, yeah. just a tiny bit, but we, Tim and I have talked a lot about not, not overdoing it. And only if he really, really wants to do a sport, like he's got to really want to do it. Otherwise it's, it's no fun for anyone. And, um, and it takes the joy out of it. And I don't want him to do 10 sports at a time. I know there's kids that are doing two or three sports right now and they're, they're showing up tired or they're missing half a game. And it's like one sport at a time, see what you like. Absolutely. And that would be my call government wise. I wish we could just tone it down. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. I want to say, so like, I think this one of the words, like, I just want to, I want to emphasize is you said this at the beginning, you said, ultimately we want our kids to be happy. Yeah. Coming out of the pandemic, our kids are not happy. A lot of kids are struggling and struggling and struggling. So 
for parents who are listening to this, like sometimes it's about us. Sometimes it's about us living through vicariously through our children and wanting for them what maybe we didn't have or thinking if we push them, it's going to be better. And maybe it's not. Maybe going to that top 10% school is not going to be great for your child for a lot of reasons, right? And and so I'm a big believer in achieving, you know, achieving, achieving. I love that. But I'm also about being happy right? Like what's going to, what's going to make your child happy. And maybe just taking a step If your listeners take a step back and just think like, what's going to really make them happy right now. Cause I can tell you like in our own family, we've gone through that. Like there's been, there's been some private schools we looked at and my husband and I finally, like we found a school, it's a charter school and Luca loves it. He just said, he's so happy there. It's not an elite school. He's so happy there, happy. And I'm yeah. so happy. He's happy. And so I want to ask you Meredith, fine. Before we, you tell us about your free gift. We've got Ivy League schools, but what are your favorite schools that run under the radar that, you know, you wish more people knew about, or they're just doing great things for kids or, you know, could, could give someone a great experience? Yeah. You know, I, I know you have listeners from all over the country, so I'm trying yes. to make this broad for yes. you. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I, here we always say in our own state, like we try to encourage kids, look at, look at Texas state. Look at Abilene Christian. Um, mm-hmm. Look at some of your smaller liberal art schools to see where can your student get plugged in. Um, in general, look at any school, like you've got your flagship and maybe one or two big state schools, but really look inside of your state to see what are some other schools that are up and coming? Like mm-hmm. who is taking all the kids that maybe weren't top six to 10%, you know, where, where are they going with that? And so, um, and that's a broad thing for each state, but I definitely, you need to decide and you need to understand when you look at those schools and you think they're too much money, like you said, understand that a lot of the schools will negotiate a price. They might smout the price and you'll say, I want to come here, but what more can you give me? And you might go back to the table two and three and four times. This is a business negotiation for them too. They need you as much as you need them, not flagship schools, right? but all these other schools need you. So like dream big, look at schools that might not fit your pocketbook and figure out, could they maybe fit my pocketbook? Um, and, and take your kids to visit. Yes. visit. It's so important that they, you know, it's kind of like a nice car. Everybody wants a nice car, but sometimes you get in and drive it. And you're like, oh, this isn't, this is a little bumpy. I don't like this. So take them because of course, kids are name shoppers, right? Yeah. We, they're brand name shoppers and they get there and they're like, "Ugh, this isn't what I wanted. Um, and, and so uh, do research, Yeah, do research and talk to parents that are yeah. already gone to these schools and figure out, are they really all that or not? Perfect. Well, it's a beautiful place to end. Thank you so much. I know you have a free gift for our listeners. So for those parents who have kiddos who are getting older, or maybe just want this information now, or want to give it to a, you know, a family member who's got a student that's going to be going to college soon. What do you have for us? Yeah. So we have a college admissions 101 um, booklet that we let you download, look at all the steps, like what should you be doing in ninth grade, 10th, 11th, 12, all the steps and processes you want to be taking to start thinking about college at the beginning of high school and 
till the end and a checklist you can check off and in ideas and thoughts that we just talked here in way more in depth. And we'll put that in the show notes. So we'll have that free gift in the show notes. You'll be able to download it. Meredith, thank you for being here and congratulations on your business success. And thanks for caring about our students. We appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So much fun. And thanks to our listeners all over the world. We appreciate you. If there's anything we can do, please reach out at contact at UrsulaInc.co and leave us a review wherever you listen. It helps other people find the show as well. All right, everybody. See you soon. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. And if you are ready to make your next quantum leap, let's do it. Ursula invites you to join us at the 2X Intensive. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.